You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Wednesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. Going to run down everything we know about BYU's latest announcement. The no fans will be in the stands for the third straight home game when the Cougars take on UT San Antonio this coming Saturday. A disappointing announcement nonetheless, but we'll break that down a little bit for you guys. And also talk about the hype train for Zach Wilson and the BYU football program. Cam Meller from SB Nation, been a longtime fan of Zach Wilson's as well as the Cougars by as a whole. We'll get to a conversation I had with him to talk about that, the hype train for Zach, what he expects to see from BYU the rest of the season. So a lot of fun ahead on today's podcast. It's brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Go. We've told you a lot about Built Bar, but Built Go is a brand new product we want to tell you guys about and encourage you to check out. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in today's podcast. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's waste no more time and get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 7th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from so that way you never miss an episode of this show. Because you know what? We like to talk BYU sports, but you know what's better is if you listen every day and that way you're the smartest BYU fan in the room when you're talking to your friends because that's what our aim is here on this podcast. All right, kicking off today's show, some disappointing news, but I think news we expected nonetheless is that BYU Athletics announced yesterday the UTSA game for BYU this coming Saturday will be played without spectators at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The decision based on the release from BYU is, quote, based on the current moderate orange risk COVID-19 designation for Provo and an understanding there will not be a change in the risk designation this week, unquote. Uh, of course, the announcement expected to come today officially. If BYU's been tipped off that that's not going to change, well, you know what? They're not going to go out and sell tickets and have to refund that money. And it's disappointing. I know that there's a lot of talk out there of this being a heavy-handed response from the Utah State government, uh, government officials, etc. I get that. T- I get it. I completely understand the frustration there because reportedly there is a concert that's taking place in Orem, which is under the same orange uh, caution level on Friday night that if you read the billboard or what they're talking about, about this concert, it says that masks are strongly encouraged, but not required. Okay, well, that's an outdoor venue that's in the same category in terms of the moderate risk category for COVID-19 that's not requiring athletes and coaches and spectators to wear masks. Well, I know athletes and spectators in sports are different than uh, entertainers, but you get my drift. I get the frustration there. I absolutely get it. I do think that there's a whole thing of rules for this set of things and rules for that. It's not one set of rules that should rule all as they proclaim it to be, honestly. And I I mean they, meaning just kind of the overall different power structures at play here. So whatever your political persuasion is, whatever your belief is that this is something coming down from the Utah state government, maybe from the top of the Utah state government, that's a heavy handed response to 
former coach at BYU, is a family relation to the governor of the state of Utah. Hey, I'll let you believe in that. I can't persuade you one way or the other to believe anything I don't feel like. Maybe I can. Maybe I do have that power, and that's one I will try not to abuse. But I think it is disappointing, nonetheless, that BYU is not going to have fans in the stands for this game against UTSA. You would have liked to seen people get an opportunity to watch the Cougars in person. We've seen multiple players speak out on social media saying, come on, just let at least let our, our families come in. I think that's a very valid argument. I would be looking into that. And I talked to some people around BYU yesterday, just trying to get a feel for how BYU is going about addressing this. Obviously, if they were to go against Utah State uh, law or whatever, I don't know how, is it law? Is it a guideline? I don't know what to make of this right now, folks. COVID-19 is so confusing for me personally that... I just don't even bother to address it and think about it. Well, I guess I am addressing it, but I don't bother to think about it all that much to try and just kind of push it out. But when it affects what's going on with BYU sports, we got to talk about it. And I have asked around BYU and everything I have heard back is that BYU is going to abide by the guidelines set forth by the state of Utah. Whether that means that they're happy to abide by them, that's a different story. I didn't get that gist from anybody. I'll continue to ask around and see if I can get some clarification on this because it does seem very, uh, what should we call, uh, nitpicky uh, is the easiest way to go about it in terms of when things are being enforced and when they're not. And I get that BYU wants to be as safe as possible. They've had an outbreak among their student population. They had an outbreak inside the BYU football program. I think they're very sensitive to their public uh, perception of the university with regards to COVID-19 and the response to making sure that people stay healthy as possible. I get all that, but it just seems like this is another example of rules for thee, but not for me. That's a phrase I've heard a lot during this COVID-19 pandemic and it feels like in this situation very much is in the play here. I hope that BYU can have fans in the stands coming up on October 24th when they take on Texas State. Uh, and the statement from BYU yesterday saying, with a continued effort to lower the case count in the community and current trends at BYU improving, the university hopes to have fans in the stands on October 24th against Texas State, unquote. That would be a positive development. Will it be 6,000 fans? Who knows? Will it be 1,000 fans? Will it be 24,000 fans? We all thought at one point BYU might possibly get into Lavelle Edwards Stadium at some point this fall. I don't know the answer to that, but I do hope at some point all of you, myself included, will be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and enjoying a game together watching the Cougars play. It's great that they're playing football in the first place. Let's be very thankful for the fact that BYU football is on the field. There have been forces out there, and I can mean, I mean this sincerely, that would rather see BYU football season canceled than see them play. And especially when it looked like the Mountain West Conference and the Pac-12 weren't going to play, those voices were a lot more prominent and a lot louder than you might think. I get that I'm, I'm not able to necessarily say who it was, and it's the quote-unquote sources said, but... Trust me when I say that. There are a lot of people out there who were making some, what should we say, uh, I, not accusations, but just sounding off saying, well, why should this university, why should BYU be able to play when all these other universities aren't? What, what's different about them? Well, what's different about BYU, it's a private university and they can do what they want. Plain and simple, honestly. Unless you're going to make a law that says they can't play football, they were going to play football. And I applaud BYU for playing. That's the positive news. BYU is playing football. Let's all remember that. Let's keep that in mind 
as we look into this, but let's all get things taken care of. Let's all hope that October 24th, we will be in the stands together watching BYU hopefully crush Texas state. I don't think they're a great program, but let's hope that at that point, BYU's gunning for a six and record, maybe a top 10 nationally ranked team at that point. And it'd be fun to have the top 10 ranked Cougars in the stands there at Lavelle Edwards stadium, having thousands, hopefully of fans rooting them on, no matter how many thousands that might actually be. That is my sincere hope. And I hope that everything gets handled in this case, but it is disappointing that this week there will be no fans in the stands for UTSA. All right, uh, enough of the doom and gloom, the sad news today. Let's talk about the positive news. BYU blowing up nationally. Zach Wilson, a top five quarterback in this year's NFL draft class, according to Mel Kuyper. The hype train, folks, is off and rolling. I had a chance to catch up with Cam Miller from SB Nation. He has been a huge fan of Zach Wilson and also a fan of BYU football in general for the past few years. He's a national media member, but he'll explain exactly why he believes in Zach and why he believes in BYU football coming up next. Before we do that, though, new sponsor on today's show we need to talk about. It's our good friends at Built Bar, but a brand new product from the company at Built Bar called Built Go, guys. Many of you know that I wake up very early to do my day job. I do morning drive sports radio here in the state of Utah. I work with DJ and PK in the morning, the longest running, highest rated sports radio show in the market. It's a blast to do, but it requires a very early wake up. Usually about 3.30 a.m. every day is when I'm up and at it, getting ready for the day and off to work to do my job. But I have to tell you what, early afternoons around 2 o'clock, I hit a wall, literally. Most days, I just am wiped out at that point. A lot of times, if I can, I'll take a nap, but I've got young kids, obviously. I've got a family and a lot of responsibilities to handle. There are many days I don't get a nap. Built Go has been a big part of me helping me break through that wall. They want to help you guys break through that wall. Whether it's a physical wall, kind of like what I was talking about, or a mental wall, Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not quote-unquote fake. It's lasting and natural. That's what I love about Built Go. Three unique flavors here with Built Go, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. I've had an opportunity to try all three of them. All three of them, very good. My personal favorite, the chocolate coconut. Your uh, taste buds obviously might differ, but I encourage you guys to try them all at BuiltGo.com. This is a great new thing. It's like the five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's all natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with the third of a caffeine and better results, guys. Think about that. You don't have to down that sugary drink, and the best part is you're getting better results out of it. So go to BuiltGo right now. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. You'll get 30% off your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED for 30% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Dot com break through that wall and do it with built go had a chance to catch up with cam miller from sb nation yesterday to talk about the hype train for byu had a fantastic chat with him uh big fan of zach wilson i think a love affair may be the more appropriate term and he'll explain when exactly he fell in love with zach wilson his game and what he believes zach wilson's ceiling is as a player etc so without further ado here you go our good friend Cam Miller from SB Nation right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Cam, thanks for taking the time. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Honestly, it feels very good this this point of the season when uh, all of a sudden you're starting to see national entities and national draft analysts start talking about ZW. Uh, it, it feels good to not only be right, but it feels good for you know to have the, the right publication and the right sort of national acclaim for him after the season he's had so far. 
I think you've done a good job of it. I obviously I covered you when you worked. I I covered your work and I talked about it when you were at PFF Pro Football Focus. Now at SB Nation, I think you've done a good job being, I guess we'll call a stand for Zach Wilson ever since he was a freshman at BYU. Now as a junior, like you said, we're seeing just the national media really fall in love with this kid. Let's ask you, what made you fall in love for the first time? I guess for for lack of a better term, with Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, there's been multiple times in which I've fallen over again in love with him, just with with the the way that he plays. But honestly, it was it was glimmers of hope that I saw from a, the freshman year. And then, if I have to pick a moment where I was like, "Wow, this kid has it," it was. I mean, for most people, it should be this, but it was the 18 for 18 game against Western Michigan. There, you can't teach accuracy you either have that ability you can get better at it you can perfect it but to show it as a young kid as a freshman and show out at that type of accuracy and that type of offense as well from 2018 you know it's what we're seeing this year sort of replicated on a game-for-game basis but that little small sample size of 18 throws is really when i i really fell in love He's done a good job, I feel like, this year, I guess, taking, and I think that Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, also kind of made a similar comment to this, saying that he took what he had in terms of his physical ability as a freshman, the arm strength, like you said, the accuracy, and now combining it this year, which kind of that wisdom, that upperclassman mentality that you gain as you play in college football for a couple of years, he's put those together, and he's we're seeing what he's doing so far, completing 84.5% of his passes through three games. Do you see that? that same type of thing playing out yeah it's it's essentially you take that year three leap it's usually one way or another you take it and it's it's you've had it before or you're taking it to the next level and, and Zach's taking it to the next level in the sense that you understand that a throw away is much better you know throwing it out of bounds intentionally is much better than trying to force a, a throw across your body a throw in a double coverage even tight coverage at this point he's been able to throw his receivers open by doing almost similar similar situations where it's some of those back shoulder throws against Louisiana Tech actually that are making their way around social media now. It's, he's throwing these receivers open. He's understanding that those are the throws to make at this point, not just the throw away, not just you know checking down. He's keeping his eyes and going through his progressions, and it's that ability that is sort of separating him this year. You know, it's it's all a part of that upper class the leap, the leap in year three that he's taken. It's sort of exponential and I don't want to say it mirrors it because he doesn't play like him but it sort of mirrors the leap that Joe Burrow took from 2019 or 2018 to 2019. Well, I don't think many people saw the leap that Joe Burrow took, honestly, going into that season. I think all of us were just taken aback by how great that LSU team was, but it was engineered by a quarterback who was just sensational. And obviously, Joe Burrow's gone on to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, which brings me to my question now. We're seeing guys like Mel Kuyper, Dane Brugler, uh, I think Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus also saying that they can see Zach Wilson entering the conversation with some of the top draft-eligible quarterbacks. Where do you stand in terms of where you see Zach Wilson with regards to the NFL? Oh, he's a day one pick in my book, and he's been a day one pick even through last year's struggles with the injury and the interceptions and everything of that nature. I think he's been a day one pick in my book, and it's it's nice to start seeing him receive that acclaim, but it's every bit of it is warranted. This is a kid who has everything you could ever want in a quarterback. And I think I was quoted this summer as, as well. Somebody sort of said, where do you think draft, you know, his draft prognosis is? And I said, oh, he's a multi-year starter, even maybe a decade-plus long starter in the NFL. And they, you know, it, people were taken aback by it. And now it just it doesn't feel good to be right. It feels good 
for him to be right. I feel, it feels good for everyone to start catching up to him. But I think it's, he's day one, and he's a multi-year starter. He's ready for the NFL right now, to be honest with you. If you were advising him, what would you tell him to do? Obviously, this year, I think a lot of people are going to look at the slate of games BYU has scheduled. No Power 5s currently on the schedule. doesn't look like they're going to be able to get one, barring something unforeseen happening. But if you were advising him, what would you tell him to do? Would you tell him, hey, after this season, you move on to the NFL? Or would you tell him to come back next year, face off against some Power 5 teams, hopefully, hopefully replicate what you did this year, and then jump? Where would you stand? Uh, as as a fan of him in college football, I'll be a fan of him when he makes the leap. I would love to see him come back just to beat Utah. But as an advisor and for him, you have in the NFL, the window to play in the NFL is so short, especially at the quarterback position. There's only 32 players in the entire world that are an NFL starter for that given game or that given week. So strike while the iron is hot and go at your highest. And we've seen players like hey, Carson Wentz. He didn't have any Power 5 games his final season, or if he did, they were so limited. He didn't have those moments as well, and it did not sort of affect him. We've seen smaller school quarterbacks go on to have great success in the NFL. You don't necessarily have to play Power 5 defenses for the right scout, the right scheme, and the right offense to fit your game. All you have to do is sort of show every bit of intangible that Zach has shown. It's accuracy. It's performing in and, in and out of the pocket, on structure, out of structure, against pre- I mean, everything that Zach does, play action, non-play action, under center, in the shotgun, pistol, it does not matter. This kid has shown everything this year, and I think you have to strike while the iron's hot, and absolutely you, you jettison the, the program after this year, and, and uh, you know, go in, go in day one is what I would say. There you go, part one with Cam Miller, a big fan of Zach Wilson, as you obviously can tell. Coming up here in just a second, we're going to break into more of a general look at some of the other prospects on the BYU football program and the program itself. What does Cam believe BYU can do this season, where it looks like they're brewing something up special right now down there in Provo? We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, guys, many of you have heard many of the advertisers we've had on this podcast with us. Some of them local companies like our good friends over at Desert at First Credit Union, All Guard Pest Control, uh, Biomat USA, just to name a few of them. But if you guys would like to reach thousands of BYU fans, and I mean that right now, there are literally thousands of BYU fans listening in every day to this podcast, and you'd like to get your company, your product, or your service in front of them, reach out to us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Locked On, the Locked On Podcast Network has got the formula to help you have advertising success in the digital space, the digital podcast sphere, guys. It's a really confusing sphere to advertise in, but I'll tell you what, we've had results with multiple companies. We'd love to have you guys on board with us here on Locked On Cougars. Once again, if you'd like to have advertising success, make sure to email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Love to have you guys on board and working with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Let's get to part two of my conversation with Cam Miller now from SB Nation. Some thoughts on some of the other prospects from BYU when it comes to the NFL draft, as well as some overall thoughts, a big, what uh, we call a macro view of BYU football and what Cam thinks they can do this season, speaking of the Cougars. Fun rest of the conversation is wrap up a Wednesday edition of the show. So here you go, Cam Miller, part two, right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Let's expand this conversation out a little bit. Obviously, Zach Wilson getting a lot of the national acclaim. We've talked about that. But BYU as a team, up to number 15 in the rankings, the highest ranking they've had since 2009. What have you seen from BYU so far this season that impresses you? Honestly, it's, it's more of the same that impressed me from last year. 
and even a little bit, even the year before that, when I really started to, you know, I was doing some grading for PFF. So I sort of saw it then on, on the micro level, the play-by-play level. But if you look at the overall feel this year, it's exactly what you would expect from this team and it's exactly what where you would have pegged them as one of the best in the country. Honestly, there's multiple NFL players on the offensive line. We knew that going in, but they've performed extremely well, especially when healthy and not on the COVID list or, or recovering from COVID. Uh, but then there's, you know, Kyrus Tonga making what I would call his fourth year leap, so to mm-hmm. speak. I said, you know, he needed to add a dimension to his game that was an every down pass rusher. And he's sort of done that this year. He single-handedly won the Navy game. I know the offense scored more points, but if you look at how important it is to disrupt the mesh point on an option offense, Tonga was unblockable, and he was the one who single-handedly forced multiple three-and-outs just because of his presence at the mesh point in Navy. So Tonga, Peyton Wilger I love very much. Honestly, it's just there's not really a position of weakness now that we've seen them tested against Louisiana Tech, which I think is you know the most sort of was the pivotal thing. Navy came in with their troubles, not, not touching anybody in practice, and we saw what they did. And then finally to be tested sort of against Louisiana's up and Louisiana Tech's up-and-coming passing option or passing, you know, sort of play-action passing attack for them to play very well against that. I think they're such a well-rounded team and, and absolutely deserving of a uh, top 15, even top 10 ranking. I want to talk about the national rankings like you just talked about, the top 10, top 15, where BYU could land. But first, I wanted to get some thoughts from you on some individual players at BYU. Kairos Tonga, obviously a lot of BYU fans thought might leave for the NFL after last season. You said you saw him take a leap this year. Where have you seen him take the biggest leap in his game so far? It's pass rushing. And, you know, granted, we only really truly got to see it uh, against Louisiana Tech. And I think it's if that's sort of replicated on sort of a down-to-down basis throughout the rest of the schedule because Troy basically just couldn't do anything offensively. So we didn't really get to see him do too much. And Navy obviously runs the ball every play, essentially. So to see him get in the backfield on multiple occasions, sort of for, you know, once every two or three or five pressure, um, excuse me, pass rushing snaps he did against Louisiana Tech, that, that was pivotal because that sort of is what I think was the biggest knock on him. He was a great run defender. He was great in space. If he got his hands on you, you weren't going to get away from him at all. Not going to miss tackles. He's sound in everywhere except for sort of every down pass rushing. And so I think that's what we've really seen so far. Obviously, multiple sacks through three games is a good way to put it on the general box score number. But looking at the game and looking at the Navy game, but also the, the Louisiana Tech game is sort of the micro the microcosms of how good he actually is every down. I think that's really where he's taking the biggest step. Is there another player or other players on BYU's roster that you think are being underrated both by the NFL and just by maybe the general college football fan population overall? I would say basically everybody is probably underrated until you get to know them. <laughs> okay. And I think where we're at, where we're at right now is everybody's sorting sort of started to get that lest we forget to that this is all without Matt Bushman on offense too, which is super incredible to think that your top target in the passing game and Zach's been able to do this without him as well. So I think honestly we're getting to that point where people will start unraveling and start looking at it and realizing that, oh my, there's actually multiple players on this team that are going to go pro. So I think Brady Christensen probably falls into that regard though. It's underrated because I think the talent gap at left tackle is probably as big as quarterback in the NFL to where you could have a functioning quarterback, but if you look at what happened to the Patriots on Monday Night Football, you go Brian Hoyer and you lose. You don't, you're not even competitive, essentially. If you have Cam Newton, that game's completely different. So you lose a left tackle in the NFL. There's 32, obviously. 
that are starting left tackles. I think Brady Christensen is a starting left tackle caliber in the NFL. So you have a guy like him who I think will start to gain NFL draft stock, so to speak, uh, as a guy who can start at tackle or even shift inside the guard. So I think Christensen will see his name rise as well with Zach. All right, let's get back to the national rankings here, Cam. And I wanted to ask you, what do you see the ceiling for BYU in terms of those national rankings being? Uh, They need to sneak into a New Year's Six Bowl, in my opinion. You know, unfortunately, with not as many games as as some of the SEC, you know, ACC schools that could go undefeated, you got to think that, you know, you're automatically going to give a college football playoff berth to those champions and maybe even the Big Ten champion if they're undefeated. So, Getting into that New Year's Six Bowl, you've already seen an upset happen where UCF lost. That would have been a spot. So I think a couple of the chips falling in the right place. And you have a top eight ranked team and absolutely no no complaints on my end for this to be a great season come a New Year's Six Bowl. Absolutely. Do you think that, uh, so yeah, with regards to the New Year's Six, a lot of people talk about the fact that BYU does not automatically qualify for the G5 spot because they're not technically a G5, nor are they technically a Power 5 team. Do you think that BYU can get high enough where they would knock out a G5 from that spot, or do you think they could actually find themselves in an at-large position? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think, honestly, it'd be a little bit of a bolt. I think you'd be at an at-large, and I think if, if it continues the way it's continued through three games, which I don't see it stopping, everything that Zach is doing is, is sort of sustainable game by game, but season by season as well. And so I don't see that level of play dropping off too much. And if we're sitting there with this team outscoring every opponent by 30 or more, there's no way they don't get it at large. And honestly, I think they'd be sniffing the, like a fifth overall spot and sort of a, they'd be in the vote. At least the big BYU logo would be on the final college football playoff rankings, in my opinion. And so that would, that would get them to that at large bid. Cam, I know you're you cover football at a national level. I, I cover it at the micro level. I cover BYU. I cover some of the other sports here in the state of Utah, but BYU is my main focus in my job. But I wanted your perspective on this. How big could BYU making a run towards the college football playoff, a New Year's Six bowl berth, that type of stuff? How big could that be for the brand of BYU as an independent? Oh, it's it's massive. I don't think you honestly, and unfortunately, this is probably the year to do it as well. And as with every circumstance that's going around as well, it's huge for the program. It's huge for any independent, but it's also huge for the group of five by proxy as well, because you have finally a team that is capable of cracking in. You know, we've seen what UCF was able to do. They cracked in, claimed themselves national champions after beating Auburn, and look at what happened with them. They're now a national power, I guess you would say. So BYU has that ability to sort of. You know, everybody asks, is, is Texas back? I think what we should be asking now this year and going forward, is BYU back to national prominence? And I think that's what this year could cement for them. Yeah, what is the brand of BYU? What's the cachet right now? I know that they have the national championship. And like I said, I, I live here in Utah, so I hear about it all the time. They refer back to 1984 all the time. But in this day and age, 2020, almost 40 years removed from that national championship, what is the national cachet of BYU football? I think blue collar is probably the best way to put it. Because if you think of BYU, especially this year, and then even the years of past, it's stout defensive play, but also offensive line play. There's never really, you know, a notable national player that is a skill player, so to speak, that isn't a hard-nosed running back or a guy that's got yak for a receiver. So I think it's blue collar is probably the best way to put it. And you're finally seeing Zach sort of not break that stigma, because I think he's a blue collar as well. 
but I think it's it, that, that's I think what would be uh, what I'd call the national brand, so to speak, whether you know the program very well or not from the national level. Well, Cam, I can't thank you enough for taking taking some time. I know a lot of BYU fans out there are thankful for you, I guess, being a stand for Zach Wilson and BYU football. I'm sure they'll continue to retweet all of your stuff on social media, et cetera, but we'll be tracking it as well and can't thank you enough for taking the time once again. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Anytime I can talk about Zach, I'm happy, so thanks for having me. There you go, Cam Miller from SB Nation. You can follow him on Twitter, at Cam Miller, C-A-M. M-E-L-L-O-R. Make sure to reach out to him and thank him for joining us here on the podcast. A great conversation. And I'll tell you what, he is a big fan of the Cougars and he likes the blue-collar mentality. I hope that's the mentality you think we have on this podcast as well. We grind every day. I grind every day to bring you the best content, the latest content when it comes to the BYU football program and just BYU athletics overall. So a big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Uh, look ahead to tomorrow's show. I'm going to start breaking into looking at what UTSA brings to the table for BYU. Also need to catch up with former Cougars and the pros. How did week four in the NFL go for former Cougars? Well, for one of them, it brought a season-ending injury, but we'll break all that down on tomorrow's show and have a lot of fun doing it. In the meantime, follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search us out, Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to reach out to me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And like I mentioned, you can email the show anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Thanks again for taking the time to download this show. Hit that follow or subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review if you don't mind. Every little bit helps us build this audience. And a big thank you once again for your continued support. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 6th, 2020. And we will talk to you tomorrow.